Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to Stefan and Friends. Hey, listen, sorry about last week. Let me tell you what had happened. Uh, what had happened was my daughter woke up puking and it was gross. And I have very small windows of time uh, throughout the week where I'm able to record and edit and upload and do all some of that fancy stuff. And so last week was just a, you know, one of those weeks. <laughs> Y'all know what it is. If you got a kid and you're just a, you lead a busy life, such as my wife and I do, uh, sometimes the extracurriculars sort of fall by the wayside. And until I get a sponsorship, uh, shout out to everybody who's got sponsorship ties, uh, you know, wasn't able to have the conversation last week, which is good. Which is good, actually, because this week we're going to touch on something. Um, I don't know if it's really controversial. To be honest with you, I don't think it's controversial. I don't see it as a big thing, but some people do. And we're going to talk about it. Let's start the show. Welcome, Stefan and friends. Thanks for dropping this into your playing machine. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, if you're on the Substack, wherever you're listening to this, thank you for taking some time out. As always, you can follow on the IG, Stefan and friends, and is one word on the IG, uh, on the Twitter machine, at Stefan Watson 23, I think is my Twitter name, to be honest. I just know that I don't know my Twitter name sometimes. I don't know. Uh, but I think that's it. I'll check and I'll probably drop drop those links again at the end of this episode. If you have not ever tuned into an episode before, the, the it's called Stefan and Friends. But for the first few episodes, I've just been having singular conversations. But I promise I've got some friends in the works. I have been talking to people. I've just been getting schedules. It's organizing. There's a lot. I really want to have a few conversations, a few follow-up conversations from some of the earlier episodes that we've talked about. Race and ministry, that I think is going to be a follow-up conversation. I think the topic I'm going to talk about today is going to be a follow-up conversation. Uh, We're going to try to conversate with a couple people on these ones. And, you know, who knows where it'll lead. But so far, I've just introduced some of these topics. Some of these topics will be reoccurring. And then Sometimes things will just pop up and we're like, and I'm going to be like, listen, we've got to talk about this on the pod. And if I can drag one or two people into the, into the, you know, into the studio with me to record, I'm going to love what, uh, what we're doing here. This is actually kind of fun. I know that there are a lot of people who listen. Some of you listen grudgingly because you're just making sure I don't say anything ridiculous. And I, you know, I try not to, but, um, if you know me, you know, I'm generally going to say, Almost everything uh, that is on my mind. I don't say everything. We keep some things, you know, we keep some things quiet. We keep some things private. But I think especially when we're talking about ministry, especially in the day and age that we're living in, I think it's important to have these conversations. And so uh, I'm enjoying having these conversations and I'm enjoying some of the follow up conversations I get to have with people who um, who are commenting. It's 
tremendously fun. And so, listen, I want to reiterate: this is a this is this is a ministry podcast. We are talking about things that impact ministry from the sense of leaders, perspective leaders. You know, I think it's really hard, and I've tried to sort of boil down some of the the topics to people who aren't in leadership to people who don't lead especially on that pastoral level pastoral level i've tried it's hard because people don't really understand you know some of the some of the things that just go into this game we call this game i call leadership it's not a game but i liken it to a game literally stole that from somebody else though don't it's not it's not original and so, hey, one of the things that I think it's important, like I said, to reiterate is this, we're talking ministry. We're talking everything through the lens of ministry. We're talking everything through the lens of how do we do a better job as leaders in this pursuit of leading people to Christ and then leading people on through their journey in Christ. That is the, that is the hope. That is the, the idea. That is the goal. And so as we continue the conversations, I want to try to do a couple of things and clean up a couple of things uh, because I think it's important. And because maybe just maybe someone who, who, who I respect and whose voice is important uh, has made a couple of observations and in hearing what they're saying, it makes, um, it makes, makes a, a lot of sense. Um, one of the things I, I'm going to try to do as we continue is we're going to, we're going to bring, I'm a, I'm a Pentecostal pastor, right? Like, I hold credentials, the PAOC in Canada. This podcast is not uh, sanctioned by the fellowship. Just making sure everybody knows that. I'm not out here speaking on behalf. Um, and so I'm always going to have that lens in front of, you know, the ministry lens, right? Because it's what I'm a part of. It's what I know. It's what I've grown up in. It's what I've learned in. Uh, it's what I serve in. That's my lens. Um. And so sometimes there will be conversations that are like, hey, this is strictly a, a a Pentecostal conversation, right? That doesn't preclude anybody else from from listening. It's just you've got to add your lens on top of what I'm talking about or what the conversation is about. The other thing is the goal as well is to bring together. You know, that's the, the whole point of conversation. The whole point of conversations is to bring together it's for us to be better together. It's for us to have the conversations and some of them will be difficult and then move forward better. I, 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 I always hope that when we have a conversation, especially about some of the tougher issues, um, that we, we, we talk and then we move forward together. This brings me to social media for a brief minute. And, you know, I haven't done it in a while just because out of real sheer laziness, to be honest with you. Um, but I used to do... It's what did, it used to start off as just like, you know, three thoughts. Then I expanded it to five thoughts. Uh, it wasn't really a thing. But I noticed that back in 2016, you know, with the election of somebody in the greater United States, <laughs> um, the, the, how we were having conversations and trying to, everything seemed to be with this tone of, hey, we hate you, you're wrong. And so what I started doing was just, you know, posting things on Facebook to show people, hey, we actually have more in common than we think. And we focus on the differences 
as opposed to focusing on the commonalities. I think that's what social media has really highlighted over the years is, you know, we're different. And so we're going to focus on the differences. And so I've always been I've always been doing that and just been like, hey, these are, you know, some of the things that we can all agree on. And then it morphed into, hey, these are five things I, I think. Uh, here are my thoughts. Take them or leave them. And, you know, people will comment. And I think along the way, a lot of people, for some strange reason, have misconstrued it. I get people will be like, you do it on purpose. No, I, I literally just post things that I think. And I let you go for it. You do whatever you want. You don't have to follow. I, you don't have to be a friend of mine on Facebook. You can click the unfriend button. Um, you don't have to follow me on on these things. You can you can not follow. Um, and I and I realized that the purpose of the original purpose we sort of got away from because then it was about having just like good conversation and reading. And you know what's interesting as I've read through the comments, as I've read through some of like the posts and whatnot. I went back into this uh, earlier or later last week while I was just sitting there doing nothing (laughs) on a break. I was like, you know, a lot of these posts, oh, a lot of my posts are good. What I realized is that people have a lot of thoughts and people, um, when people write, they reveal a bit of their heart. They reveal a bit of who they are. And it's actually been actually really, really interesting because I've gotten to know people just based on what they respond to my my post with. There are people that care a lot about different issues. Which which is one of the reasons why I like social media so much. Social media is a great revealer of people, right? Like it it helps. And so it helps us to to see who people are. One of the things that I've seen in the last week on social media, though, and I don't know if you've been following this. I don't know um, if it's been a thing for you, but it's been very interesting to read on social media and follow along what's happening um, in in America with the SBC. Now, I started off by talking about the goal for this podcast. One of the goals for this podcast, like I said, is to unite, bring us together, have conversations and move forward. Because, you know, I'm I'm not towing a company line. I'm not. I promise you, I'm not just giving you a line that I that we've heard a lot Uh, is we are better together, especially as leaders, especially as ministers. We work better together. And I think that the Lord brings us together so that we can see, you know, hey, this person's really good at this and this person's really good at that. And how do we work together to advance the kingdom? And the crazy thing that I see, not crazy, crazy is not the right word. I don't want to, I don't want to say crazy. Let me take that back. Let me rewind. Uh, the, The interesting thing that I see in the States, especially as they, Southern Baptists have had their, their convention is the um is the expulsion of two churches in the Southern Baptist Convention in the states because they have female pastors now I don't know uh how some of us were brought up, but let me tell you something I was brought up in the church, and to be honest with you, and this is why i i I talk a lot about the importance of of ethnicities and ministry and in leadership 
one of the some of our our one of our biggest failures mm, failures is not the right word one of the biggest things that i talk about is race and ministry because when i was growing up in church there were now i grew up in a big church but there are a lot of different races represented in the congregation and there are a few different races represented on our platforms in our leadership and there were different genders represented on our leadership I've always grown up with female pastors and not just like, you know, female kids pastors, because that's where we, you know, that's where we put the ladies. I've always grown up with seeing females preaching, praying, leading. And it's interesting to see down south in the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, that churches Saddleback and another church um, decided to expel two churches because um, because they had female pastors. I don't know. I don't. I. I like. I, I've read the scriptures and I understand it. However, and by understand it, I mean like I can see why they take such a hard line stance. But I don't know if the stance they're taking is the right one. Now, I'm not a theologian. I will never, ever t- come to you and say, listen, I am I'm a theologian. There are much smarter people than me. I'm trying to get one of those, a few of those guys on this converse, on this, on this podcast to have a couple conversations uh, because they're smarter. They're, the- they're legitimately theologians. They study it they, and they, and they get it from that sense. So I, I'm not going to come here to you and talk about, you know, talk to you as though I'm I, I have the the highest authority of, of studying the scriptures. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to share my thoughts on it, how I see it and how I understand it. And again, I hope to have this conversation with a couple of friends of mine in the very near future. This is um, this is legitimately a a hey you know who you are i know you're listening to this i need you to get ready because i think we're going to talk about this when you come on the show you know who you are not going to say no names not going to do that but there's a person or two or three listening to this you know that you have a guaranteed spot on this show anytime you want i think this is one of the topics we're going to talk about um i'm not fully i'm and i'm not fully sure how people see this as the right way here's what i mean by that and it's it's sort of similar to when i talk about race in ministry like we're missing an aspect that as a man i can't bring to be honest with you i'm just not i i don't have the experiences of of what a woman a female brings to leadership and to preaching and to seeing a text and to understand a text i don't know what what it's like to read through the story of of Moses as a female. I don't know what it's like to read read through the Genesis account, the creation account as a female. I don't know what it's like to read through the account of Esther as a female and uh, like I don't I don't bring that to you. I'm sorry. There's a I think that there is a level of 
there not a level. I think that there is a a certain view, a certain aspect that as a man, as males, we don't bring to to leadership. So when we're talking about women in ministry, are we willing to miss out on revelation? Are we willing to miss out on good leadership? Are we willing to miss out on what the Holy Spirit is trying to say and do and who the Holy Spirit is trying to use? Because of gender? Like, is the help mate? I'm just using the biblical language. Um, is the help mate only looked at in a role that is subservient to the male? And does that apply in our churches? Like, I get how the Lord has structured and ordained the family. That's one thing. But are we saying that um, that a woman can't be the primary leader, the spiritual, the primary spiritual overseer, the primary spiritual caregiver of people? And by we, I, I'm... I'm pretending I'm in the SBC. I'm 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 really trying to be in that room, listening and having to vote on this measure and thinking that this is the right way to go. Because here is one of the things that I'm really really wrestling with. The SBC was founded in 1845. You know what the world looked like in 1845? Just think about the, the, the society of 1845. Hold on. Think about the society in Augusta, Georgia in 1845, which is where the SBC was founded. The SBC was a, a central, played a heavy role in the supporting of, of racial attitudes in the South. They played a heavy role in the support of, of segregation. They played a, a heavy role in the the you know, in the in the opposition of interracial marriage. It was only in 1995 that they apologized and asked for forgiveness for for how they how they conducted themselves. And of course, a lot of the perpetrators were long gone. You know, it's it's never the, the actual perpetrators that apologize and ask for forgiveness. It's the generations to come after. And so we're looking at the history of, of a convention that says, hey, we were not about being good. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's really what it is. You look at the fact that the, the SBC was really, was really founded to expand the, the, the Southern way of thinking. Just think about it. You got to think about the history here. We're not talking about some of the heavier issues that plague our society today. 
We're talking about seeing men as equal. We're talking about seeing, you know, black men as equal to white men. We're talking about, you know, allowing different races to sit together in church. Remember that that saying? And I don't know how how much that saying really is applicable to today, but the most divided hour was a church hour because whites went to this part of the church and blacks went to this part of the church. Never mind the fact that there wasn't really theologically right. And it's that same sort of hermeneutical ideology, that same sort of hermeneutical, I guess, lens, if you will. And I, I'm coming at this uh, as someone sitting in that room, but I'm also coming as someone sitting in that room with my Canadian Pentecostal ministry lens on. I think that the hermeneutical lens that they have used to to make those distinctions in 1845, uh, use those distinctions are the same hermeneutical lens that they're using today. And I think they're wrong. You can, listen, you can challenge me if you want. Call me up. Let's sit down. Let's talk. You can tweet at me. I'll respond. Facebook me. I don't care. Um, but I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong. I Listen, if somebody is on the opposite viewpoint, please, let's let's record an episode together. The Bible has been used to defend slavery. The Bible has been used to defend, you know, opposing interracial marriages. Use the Bible to say anything you want. That's the danger of interpretation. There are a lot of Christians with tattoos. A lot of Christians walking around with mixed blended shirts. A lot of Christians love sushi. I'll be eating that shellfish. Just saying. And so I wonder, is it really a a theological problem or is it really an ethical problem when it comes to women in ministry? Are we not seeing women as equal to men? Because we've got to remember that we're always going to bring a different a different viewpoint to things. Everybody brings a different viewpoint. But but now there's the add-on gender. There's a different viewpoint. And so we are going, we're willing, or not we, but people are willing to say, nope, because you're a female, your viewpoint and how you see things and how you, how you read the text of the Bible, how you care for people, we don't want that because you're a woman. As God's creation, we don't want that because you're a woman. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I think women are just as good, sometimes a lot better uh, than some of us men in leadership. I'll be honest. Sometimes I think men shouldn't be in leadership at times. I just think uh, sometimes, you know what? I think we've messed up a lot and maybe we should maybe we should take a time out for a bit and just let the ladies lead the whole thing for a bit. <laughs> right. Like. These are ideals. These are things that we hold dear to. That women are can't lead. And I think the SBC has gotten it wrong on this point. But what does that mean for us? How do we look at it? I'm going to be honest with you. I've had some conversations with people. I've talked to a couple people about this. I've talked to more than a couple. I'm actually very surprised at the amount of people who say to me, I don't believe women should be lead pastors or women should be in charge. 
every time I hear it, I'm like, what? Why? I just believe it. But but what's your what what are you basing it on? So if you don't think women can be lead pastors, and I'm not saying that like we're gonna equate gender to race. Although you can't really choose you know what, let me not go down that road. We'll save that one for another one. If you if women can't be pastors and leaders, then who else do you think can't be pastors and leaders? Because I think that these things are, are rooted in the same same sort of ideology. Right on, on Twitter, shout out uh, Pastor Trey 05, Trey Ferguson um, from the Three Black Men podcast. He wrote this. Um, um, the SBC was literally founded by the same people behind the Confederate States of America. Just think about that. Like we said, May 1845. Remember a few moments ago I said that the, the SBC was literally meant to expand the southern... I can't even remember if I said that. Um, but the SBC was literally seemed to be a founded... Seemed to be founded to expand the southern ideals. And they used the gospel. They used the Bible. They used Jesus to expand that. And so when we're looking at uh, two churches being ousted from a denomination, from, a, from, from the SBC, because they affirm females as pastors which doesn't line up with SBC doctrine. I have to wonder, does that help the church reach people? Or does it play into some of the things that people have against the church today? What is the goal here? We're talking about the same convention, like I said before, that only apologized and only recognized what they did was wrong when it comes to slavery, when it comes to some of that stuff in 1995, not even 20 years ago. Sorry, more than 20 years ago. I'm a dummy. I can't add. I can't do math. Um, barely 20 years ago, barely 30 years ago, right? I think they're wrong, as I've said. When we look at the numbers of uh, of of the the SBC and we look at the fact that their numbers are starting to decline. I wonder if that's because society is saying, listen, we're not we're not accepting the fact that that you're willing to have kids pastors, but you're not willing to let them be lead pastors. You, you seem to have this two tiered system where men and men who do wrong can hold high levels of offices, high level positions. But women who are just serving faithfully don't do wrong can't and you're basing it all on gender see i don't want my child my daughter to 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 come to me in 15 years and again this is uh, again i'm not we're not uh in that part of the christian circle where women can't lead and women can't serve in, in church and women can't have the title of pastor that's not where we lead so i'm i'm happy for that but i want my daughter to be like i can't do this because women aren't allowed to that's not right that idea is locked into a very bad thought process that literally came from the 1800s. It's the same the same thought process that, you know, black people can't lead, black people can't be in ministry. The same process that says white people have to sit downstairs, black people have to sit upstairs. 
that those thought processes. Which isn't me saying like, you know, this is a race conversation. That's not it. I know that there are a lot of people like when we have these conversations, they they get themselves into a tussle when we talk about how these things are related. Not blaming anything on the white man. Not today anyway. Although, no, I'm just kidding. But I think that this is a conversation that we should be having because there are people in our churches who might feel the same way. There are people in our churches who might have the same attitudes. I'm, I, like I said, I, I'm very surprised at some of the conversations I've had with people who, who think the same way. So it is what it is. Listen, if you have been listening to this episode, thanks for taking your time. Really appreciate it. Listen, let's have let's continue this conversation. What do we how do we see things? And, you know, are we is it a theological thing? Is it a theological problem? And how do we teach our people in our churches about this? I don't necessarily agree with the SBC, obviously. Um, I understand what they're how they're I understand what verses they're reading. I think it's an interpretation issue. But what do we do about the people in our churches who believe this? What do we do with the people in our churches that disagree with how what we believe here? Right? And how do we have those conversations? How do we have those conversations with other leaders? That's one we may be having to we might have to discuss a little further. Thank you so much for for listening to this episode of Stefan and Friends. I promise you friends are coming. You can follow me on the IG, Stefan and Friends, and is all one word. You can follow me on Twitter, at StefanWatson23. You can uh, follow me on the Substack. I do write every now and then, StefanLWatson.substack.com. Also on Substack, you can see the people I'm listening to, I'm reading. Uh, you can listen to, or not listen, you can read some of the people that I that I'm influenced by. Uh, listen, I believe that we are living in great days because the leadership, the lead, the amount of great leadership that is out there that we can read, that we can learn from, that we can glean from, it's vast, men and women. How do we respond to our society? How do we handle our culture today? Man, there are some great people doing good work. And so super excited about all that I'm seeing and reading. Do me a favor, share this with a friend, share this with two friends. In fact, share this with seven friends. Seven is a good holy number. Do that. Follow me on the IG, on the Twitter machine. If you want to clap back at me, you can do it in any way you feel possible. I will respond, maybe nicely, maybe not. But I appreciate you listening. This has been Stefan and Friends. I don't know if you've seen that documentary. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Shiny, happy people uh, about the Duggars. Remember 19 Kids and Counting and all that. And it really sort of got me thinking, like, there are some crazy things out there. And uh, some of it I may have been influenced by. I remember my wife and I were watching it. And it's like, interesting, interesting. Because there, there are some things in there that I was influenced by growing up. Not to the extent that the Duggars were. Not like not like that, but there are some like principles that you're like, oh, okay. And it really just it reminded me of how things can be taken to the extreme. And as Christians, we need to understand that there are things that are taken to the extreme that paint us in a bad light. Not 
every single solitary thing that came out of Bill Gothard's quote unquote ministry is terrible. Not every single thing. There, there are, might be a couple of things that you're like, okay, this under, I can understand this principle. I'm not going to take it to the extreme that some of it was taken to. But it, it sort of reminded me of the fact that we need to be very, as leaders, we need to help our people discern what is right, what is not right, what is taken too far. I think that's the, the not the primary goal, but I think it's a one of, not primary goal, sorry, the primary task. Um, or sorry, I think it's a important task, not necessarily the primary task, but it's to help people see what is out there and how they can navigate it in a good way. Especially in a culture that is rejecting Christianity. Numbers are down across the board. What are we doing? Are we are we doing a good job of showing people the true Jesus? Or are people seeing a crazy Jesus that can come off kind of cultish? Your thoughts are on what are your thoughts on shiny happy people? If you've seen it, might become a episode in the future. Who knows? We out.